Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? My name is Joe Rico, and I am the host of the Fantasy MLB Today podcast. The reason you guys are hearing this intro, which is slightly different than usual, is because this episode is going to be slightly different than usual. It is one part of the live show that I did today on Tuesday, August 2nd, as part of the Major League Baseball trade deadline coverage that we have going here at Sports Ethos. Broken down into four one-hour episodes because the different panels were on for one hour each. You guys can listen to them here at your leisure or over on the Sports Ethos YouTube channel. Really appreciate you guys leaving a thumbs up over on YouTube, subscribing to the Sports Ethos YouTube channel, and of course, follow, download, subscribe, rate, all that good stuff here at Fantasy MLB Today. I'm over on Twitter at JoeOrico99. All of my fantasy baseball content goes out over there. I really recommend you guys follow everybody that you see listed down in the description for all of these episodes. They're really some of the best minds amongst the baseball and fantasy baseball community. So without further ado, let's get started. <laughs> We have a brand new panel coming in for the next hour. We have a couple of more guys from Triple Play who I'm sure Mendy would be familiar with. Britton, Marty, and of course, Mike, who is not a member of Triple Play, but I'll let you guys introduce all your stuff right here. Thank you, first of all, for joining me today. I really appreciate it, guys. It's a free-for-all. Everybody can just go ahead. There's no uh, there's no order here. But, well, I guess we'll start with Britton. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, hey, everyone. It's good to see you, Joe. Thanks for having me on. This is my second favorite, uh, I guess, time in the baseball season, the first one being opening day, of course. <laughs> but today is super exciting, and I couldn't be happier to uh, join you. My name is Britton Allen. I have a podcast called Three is a Magic Number on the Triple Play Podcast Network, uh, like my man down here, uh, Marty Party Tallman. And... Um, uh, you can follow me at Twitter on, it's just my name, uh, B-R-I-T-T-O-N-A-L-L-A-N. Not the most creative uh, Twitter handle in the world, but uh, that's where I post all my uh, uh, you know, podcasts and videos. And it's all, it's all about fantasy baseball and baseball. So please check it out if you can. Thanks again, Joe. Hey, absolutely. And I believe, I think this is Govier. It might be Deary, but I think it's Govier saying Britain is so sexy. Well, Govier, <laughs> you're, you're going to be on in a little while, buddy. So maybe hop in a little bit early into the chat and you can uh, c- come on here, talk with Britain for a second. Marty Tallman, another triple play member. We just talked last week, actually, or maybe it was two weeks ago now. Britain, Marty, and I were on the Potapalooza panel talking about some disappointing hitters. So a little bit of a reunion here. Marty, man, how are you doing? Uh, Joe, I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for saving me from my day job. I've been on the phone all day trying to sling sales. So this is a, a lot more fun talking trade deadline. Uh, yeah, thanks for putting this on. You can find me at Marty underscore Tallman on Twitter. I'm writing for Fan Traps. I'm on the uh, Fantasy Baseball podcast each week and super excited, man. This has been a crazy day. It's been insane. Uh, hopefully there's more stuff. I think the the big dominoes likely have fallen, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe an Otani trade comes out of the woodworks or something like that. Our last panelist here, my friend who has been on the show before, Mike Carter. How are you doing, man? Hey, guys. How are you? Is there something going on today? I don't. I wasn't aware. Yeah, Jonathan no. Lucroy retired. That was the big news today. <laughs> you, mean the, you mean the White Sox didn't try to sign him? <laughs> I'm wondering. I'm I'm sitting here. I'm I'm hoping against hope by wearing my White Sox hat that they're actually going to do something more than get Jake Deepick. But uh, we'll see what happens. I got a couple hours left. Great to be on with you guys, Britain. Never been on with you, but a big fan of your work. Uh, great stuff that you're doing. So, Thank you. Very cool. Thanks for having me on, Joe. Yeah, no problem, Mike. Why don't you just tell us real quick about what you got going on right now? Oh God, what don't I have going on? No, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm a just a pure baseball guy. I don't do anything with football, so I'm with baseball to the bitter end. Um, I'm working over at Fantrax right now, covering bullpens on the weekly basis for them. 
which has been interesting. I also have worked at SP Streamer for a bit as well, uh, doing streaming hitters for them on the weekends. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm at right now, getting ready to start school again next week here with uh, the students and everything. So it's all going to come to an end. I do want to point out my great T-shirt, though. Um, I always wear a different T-shirt for these. This is it says Jesus saves. If you can see it, <laughs> it's it is a, it is um, my pastor at the church said it was not offensive. I asked him. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I did that before I bought it. Uh, Jesus is a flame throwing lefty here uh, on my shirt. So. I want to make sure everybody saw that one. It's a great one. That's great, man. I'm really looking forward to chatting with you guys. I've chatted with all of you before, and it was cool because the previous panel was all new guys. I was meeting you guys. I've all talked to you before. So maybe I won't be quite as nervous here as we get into hour two. Just checking the feeds here as I've been doing here pretty, pretty regularly just to see if there's any more breaking news. Nothing recently. The most the, the most recent big deal we had go down was Tyler Molly going to the Twins. Do you guys have any uh, initial hits on that one? Hey, hey, Joe, before we talk about that, can I ask Mike a quick question since he's a White Sox fan? This oh, is no. a free-for-all. This is an absolute free-for-all. There's no turns. Everybody just goes when they feel like it. Hey, Mike, all right, so what about a Carlos Rodon uh, back to the White Sox? I was, uh, I was floating that all day today. I, I was thinking about that, and I thought the public relations nightmare that this would be for Rick Hahn bringing him back, but there's a part of it that makes really good sense for them if um, if he was to decline the, the option for next year. I mean, I think that makes him hard to trade, you know. Uh, if he invokes that, I think they owe him $22, 23000000 million, which would be pretty funny from a White Sox fan standpoint because my thought was, you know, they actually need a hitter too. Like, if Jock is healthy, maybe they could do something and get Jock and Rodon, you know, in, in Chicago because they, they, they need some help. <laughs> they need some help, guys. It's been ugly. Uh, Jake Diekman is not going to solve the problems, but I would love that, Britton. I think that that would be a great move for them. Um, but people here would have Rickon on a platter for that, let me tell you. Letting him walk and then paying for him. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, they, they tried to sell like us that. on having uh, Keiko and Cueto, you know, um, in the offseason. And Cueto's been great. I mean, no fault of his. But if you don't, if your big guys don't do anything, what do you – I mean, Eloy Jimenez has got five home runs. Uh, Mancada's hitting 203. Lurie Garcia plays every day, no matter what is happening. My my buddy and I went to the game last night, and we were, were jokingly referring to Lurie as the love child because <laughs> he gets special treatment from Larusa. We can't figure out why he's hitting 213. I just keep saying, "Hit my weight. If you hit my weight, you'll be a millionaire." Have you guys seen the the videos of Larusa going around? I think it was from yesterday, maybe the day before. Fell asleep in the falling, falling yeah. asleep. It's, it's the top of the first. You yeah. guys falling asleep in the top of the first. Day. Well, you know, it was really interesting. We had great seats. We were right behind, like between home plate and first base dugout uh, yesterday, and um, maybe 12, 15 rows up. And uh, he came out to do the lineup exchange, and Matheny was out there doing it for the Royals. And there was some guy with Larusa. I don't know if they're like auctioning off time with Tony before he falls asleep or what. <laughs> but the, the guy came out with the lineup card, and he was having banter with him. And Larusa was literally like La La Land. He's looking around at the crowd, waving at people. I'm like, oh my god, this guy's like, he looks like the crypt keeper. You know, somebody wake <laughs> oh, him up. No. There's a there's a there's a pitching change that needs to be made. Somebody make sure Tony's still breathing. <laughs> Man, is he gonna get fired? Is they gonna are they gonna do it, Mike? Uh, you know, what if it, my brother and I were talking about this, I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks and I, and I thought, you know, I, I wonder if, you know, if there's a way to save face in all of this by saying, you know, maybe he has a, a health issue or, you know, he's 78 years old. Um, he clearly does not seem to be wanting to do the job. And the thing that really bothers me the most is that he was known, he wrote books about his preparation right? Like the preparation was meticulous. And then for you to go into a game and say, you know what, I'm one and two. I think we're going to intentionally walk this guy here. There's nobody in baseball that would do that. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Like after the game, people ask him questions and he gets so uh, like angry with the reporters. They're like, well, what, I mean, what do you, what would you do? I was like, not that, you know, like the, the question here is, you know, what a lot of people want is they say, hey, this team lacks fire, lacks energy, put Ozzy back in, you know, yeah. pick, and Ozzy's, <laughs> Ozzy's the post-game guy. It's really uncomfortable. I mean, Ozzy's the post-game guy on the White Sox um, uh, broadcast, and he's just like, this is like a death by a thousand paper cuts. They just can't do anything right. 
they'll they'll win a couple games in a row and then they lay a turd like they did last night. I mean, Daniel Lynch looked like he was Warren Spahn last night. I mean, it was, they made him look like he was a, an all star. It was an, unbelievable. What sorry, I'll stop ranting. Back, Mike Lance Lynn. Say that I, I'm sorry, Marty. Marty, you is, cut out. What is that Lance Lynn bouncing back or what? Yeah, I think he will. You know, I I think he similar to like the NBA players that don't play real hard during the season. Uh, he's clearly not, <laughs> nor am I, a big fan of conditioning. Uh, and uh, I think he's been using these games to kind of try and get himself back into a flow and, and be working on stuff. But the thing that's important to remember about Lance Lynn is that he's essentially a one-pitch pitcher, right? I mean, so he's basically challenging you. He's 6'5", 250 pounds. He's saying hit it, right? So I don't know that that always fits in real well with a, a, a philosophy, but I'm, I'm hard-pressed to tell you what the White Sox philosophy is right now. I mean, I – for reasons that I don't fully understand, none of their starting pitchers want to throw a changeup anymore. Giolito won't throw it. Kopech is throwing two pitches. He pitched great last night, but I, I just don't understand. They, they should be way better than what they are. Um, I, I just don't know what, what the plan is here. I, obviously, the big guys need to produce. I mean, Mankata's got to play better. Eloy's got to be better. Um, TA looks like he's some, something's off, too. I mean, he just doesn't look right. I don't know. No power anymore. There's no power in Anderson. I think he hasn't hit a home run in like what was it six weeks or something. I mean, he's got you know the, the there was a stat on uh, on White Sox Twitter the other day about uh, the the home run leader since June first is is Josh Harrison oh, uh, with with five. He's got the most home runs on the team. I mean, that's it's sickening. It's sickening. Even Abreu, who's done pretty well this year overall. I mean, he started kind of slow and he's turned it around, but still not really much power there. Despite I think, he's, else looking up I think there. he's leading the league in six three ground ball double play <laughs> balls. I, honestly, I mean, I think every time he comes up with a runner on first, he gets it to the shortstop. It's unbelievable. I wanted to get to your take here, all of you really, on some of the big stuff that's happened so far, namely Juan Soto. That is the big haul. Uh, the first group thought more or less it was. Pretty much as good as you're going to do when you're trading away Juan Soto. Do you guys think that they should have held out for more, or maybe not included Josh Bell? Let's start with you. Uh, Let's we'll start with you, Marty. How do you think that the Nationals did today? Yeah, I, I think they did the best they could. You know, and obviously, the, if the market was any better, they would have went with that. I mean, the, the idea that Dylan Carlson may have held up a Cardinals trade. I mean, that's that's not fair to Dylan Carlson. <laughs> they kind of threw him under the bus with that. That's where he's forever linked with the Hall of Fame 23 year old. Um, but, um, yeah, so if that's what the best was on the, on the table, then I think they had to take it. They already blew it with Soto, you know, by not flying him out to the all-star game, by telling everybody he's on the trading block, there was no way they were going to keep him. He clearly didn't want to stay even with the 400 plus million dollar contract. So they had to do what they had to do. I think back to Miguel Cabrera when the Tigers traded for him all those years ago. And, um, you know, the Cameron Maven, the Andrew Miller, like that didn't work out. This might work out somewhat, but nothing will ever touch Juan Soto. And mm -hmm. if you're a Padres fan, for the last 20, 30 years, you've been pretty much, you know, not relevant. You know, and you've had Tony Gwynn and maybe Ken Caminiti, and maybe there's a couple more people in there you might have liked. But, man, that, 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 that roster, one through seven, is absolutely incredible. Braden, what about you, man? I absolutely love it for both sides. It's a carpe diem situation, which, as we all know, is French for go get Juan Soto if you possibly can. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I love it because so you get Juan Soto with Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr., who should be back within the next couple weeks. Superstar lineup. Like, what, let's go out and win right now. You've got Darvish. Musgrove just signed a uh, uh, an extension. You just traded for Josh Hader. Like, you've got the win-now team right now. So I think it's great for the Padres, and I think it's great for uh, the Nationals, too. Like Marty just said, um, they got really good prospects back. They got C.J. Abrams. They got uh, Mackenzie Gore. Those are all top 10 draft picks by mm -hmm. the Padres. And Robert, Robert Hassel the third, he's awesome, too. So they're building for the future. And, uh, you know, like uh, Marty said again, uh, you're not keeping Juan Soto, and you got to trade him now. Like maximize his value, and it's right now because you know three months or you know next year if he gets hurt and you know tears his ACL or whatever, you know then the 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 market goes down. So I thought it was great. I thought it was big time from the Padres, and also check your 
check your gut time with the Nationals because trading off a superstar like that is hard to do, but they, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. So I thought it was great for both sides. I just think maybe they could have gotten that same return and then sent Josh Bell somewhere else and gotten a couple of other prospects. Like even if you don't throw Bell in there and you remove the whole Bell and the whole the second piece of that trade instead of Eric Hosmer, it ended up being Luke Voigt. I don't know if you guys have been keeping mm -hmm. up with it the last like half hour or so. But I think that you could have just done Soto for that whole group of prospects, more or less, and then try and milk a little bit more from somebody else out of Josh Bell. What do you, what do you think, Mike? Do you think that that did, what they did? You know, I hadn't I hadn't thought about it from that perspective, Joe. I I, I think the my after kind of looking through it, I wondered if maybe the deal was sweetened a little bit because they included Bell. Like you know, maybe they were able to get Hassel and Gore out of that. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll maybe someday that we'll find out the truth about that. But I, I think my biggest take, the only thing that I would say, I think uh, Britain and Marty nailed it. I mean, I think it's a great, a great trade for both teams. Uh, the Nationals clearly are in a full rebuild and they they're looking to acquire some prospects. Um, and, and I think they did well to not take on Hosmer's dead money and get a useful, a, a somewhat useful part in void anyway. Um, you know, they know if he if he's healthy, he's going to hit home runs. Uh, so that's a decent replacement for Bell there. The one thing that I found interesting about this was that, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Preller and the Padres were crying about money and being poor. And they've just spent a shit ton of money uh, in this week. And, and, and if they if they're not serious about if they if if they win this year, couldn't you see a scenario where they say, you know, we don't want to pay Soto five hundred million dollars either. We're going to trade him. Like they could, they could turn around on this if they if they don't win at all. All their pieces are in the middle of the table right now. If they don't win at all, they could very easily flip Soto for prospects next year to somebody. That's a great point. That would be, I mean, that'd it, would, be it would be crazy. I mean, but, it, but that's Major League Baseball. Major, Major League Baseball is insane. You have no, we have no idea what's going to happen. Right? I just so, you're saying here. I had no idea that Luke Hoyt was a part of that trade. I picked him up in a head to head league this morning. I am pissed. He had a double header today. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Hey, can I, can I ask y'all real quick a question? Mike brought this up about Eric Hosmer yeah. uh, invoking his uh, contract no trade uh, clause or whatever, which it's it's totally his decision to do. But I thought that was fascinating because, you know, they're trying to get rid of you. And so you're just going to say, no, you, you, you can't trade me. So I'm just going to stay here for the next four years. Yeah. I and, I, and I wonder how that would work. I wonder if the GM is, you know, looks at his contract and said, "Okay, you you have a no trade clause, but that doesn't mean I can't DFA you." So yeah, yeah you go down and play uh, at El Paso for the next four years, and yeah, you're making eighteen million a year, but you're going to get on the bus and you're going to drive around Texas and wherever mm -hmm. else, and you're collecting your money. But I strongly encourage you to reconsider your stance on trades. You know? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really interesting, isn't it? Because you know, I thought, well, I think he has three years and $39 million left on that contract, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yep. And he he had 10 teams or 12 teams, whatever, that he could veto a trade to, which is his rights as a veteran player. But, mm -hmm. I mean, so he so he doesn't want to go to Washington, but he's going to go to Boston instead? Like, he, Boston is okay? I mean, I, I could see it if, he was a, if he's a guy that's married and has young kids and he, he's living in San Diego, he's established there, I can understand not wanting to move. However, it's part of the game, right? So now he's on Boston, and God only knows what the hell Boston's doing. I I, I looked at that last night. I go, what are they? What's the plan here? Tommy let's, tra and let's trade Carol Vasquez, <laughs> and then we get we gave him Reese McGuire, which bye, um, which is fine. But like, what's their plan? They get Tommy Pham. Is everybody just going to slap each other around in the clubhouse? I mean, what's oh my gosh, here? <laughs> you're right. It's Tommy Pham, Reese McGuire, and Eric Hosmer. What are they going to talk about? You know, they could be they could talk to McGuire about jerking off in the dollar store parking lot. <laughs> oh, no. That story was legend here. It never it, oh, it should God. never it should never die. Immediately when they <laughs> they traded for him, Jack, my son, my my who's 12 today, today's his birthday. He goes, oh, Happy birthday. What can, happy birthday, what can you what can you tell birthday. me? What can you tell me about Reese McGuire? I go, not that one. <laughs> yeah, I ain't gonna tell you that one, you know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was that story has taken on like folklore here in toronto oh almost. i bet i bet it's how great. you about anthony bass joe are you excited <sighs> the thing with jordan groshans who we traded away and we got another uh, another guy back i'm blanking on his name now another reliever zach, uh, zach, zach pop 
Yeah, he's actually Canadian. Um, I think Jordan Groshans, we've kind of overvalued him in our own mind here in Toronto when in reality, you know, if you're looking at, uh, like Eric Cross has his top 500 dynasty rankings. He's not in the top 500, just for mm. whatever that's going to tell you. I know it's re- different than real life, but that's like first thing that I went to fantasy-wise. And obviously, like I said, it's different, but there's still something there with the lack of power that doesn't really excite me with him. I think that the name brand, people are still remembering a few years ago when he was more highly touted. The actual product recently hasn't been so great. So we shore up the bullpen. We have like four guys in our pen who used to be Marlins now. Yimmy Garcia, Adam Simber. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's packed with Marlins. I think I like the trade okay. I don't think it really does exactly what we need. I think we really need uh, an impact starting pitcher. Preferably a lefty. I would like Carlos Rodon. That would be ideal. But at this point, I think we'll be lucky to get Noah Syndergaard. Not- hey, can I ask Marty a quick question? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Marty, I saw that uh, Robbie Grossman yeah. got traded. Thumbs yeah. up or thumbs down from a, a very well-noted Tigers fan? Yeah, thumbs up. I mean, hopefully he'll be the the left-handed Jesus who we got back, Chris <laughs> England. I think that's his, uh, that's his name. Um what was, I wrote down real quick. So some stuff. He's one of those guys that I actually had to look up. Like, who is this guy? So the Braves got him in the 16th round of the 2021 draft. He's played. Um, he's played the season at the Florida Complex for five games. He played single A this year for 12 games. He has a 4.64 ERA, 26 walks, 56 strikeouts, and 52 innings. So here's the tie here, Britton, is that Chris Fetter, the uh, the Tigers um, pitching coach, he recruited England out of uh, or recruited England for the University of Michigan. Um, when uh-huh. he was, uh, there. So there's there a little go. bit of a tie there. Clearly, he really likes them. But Grossman was struggling, man. And I had him across, you know, I, I was touting him. I was excited. I was expecting him to be a 2020 guy batting around 250, top the lineup, maybe get you 80 runs, you know, 60 RBIs. And just like the rest of the team, they have fallen flat on their face. They, he's been he's been lost, and even in OBP league, he's unplayable. So if the uh, if the Braves can get something out of him, like they did the Duvals, the Solaires, and everyone, um, you know, <laughs> suddenly got everything <laughs> exactly, uh, exactly, Scott. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm just happy just to get rid of him. Anytime Al Avila, who is the GM for the Tigers, if he do, if he makes a move, it's usually for the worst. But in this case, yeah, like Scott said, I'm glad we got anybody. Mike. Yeah, it's amazing how his production fell off. Like Grossman, like you said, was a 2020 guy last year, and now he's got two mm-hmm. home runs for the year. Yeah. I don't yep. know. Do you guys think that we'll see Pablo Lopez move today? I hope so. Do you guys expect uh, something like that to happen? I know that they've said that they're probably not going to move him outside of a massive return, but with the market kind of thinning out for starting pitchers, I could see someone maybe overpaying for him as we get closer to that deadline. Yeah, the GM for the Marlins, she tweeted out something just about an hour ago. It says, we're not done yet, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. I got my – we got, what, an hour, an hour and, uh, what, 30, 40 minutes? So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I think it'll take a lot to get him. Um, you know, even though he's got the shoulder uh, issues from time to time, which is a little scary. If you're making that big of a trade for a guy like him, boy, you're going to really want to make sure that he's healthy down the stretch and you're going to need him. Uh, it seems like he gets felled by shoulder, and maybe yeah. that's just me anecdotally saying that, but it, it seems like he's had trouble on and off with that, and it's a little bit scary, although he's probably, of the guys that are supposedly available, he's probably the t- the best one, right, at this point, so... Yeah, I'm the only thing I reason why I'm a little afraid of like to trade for him. He's never pitched over 109 innings ever in his career. He's at like 115 right now. He just got blown up on the Mets. Of the guys still left, uh, Trey Scooble, Merrill Kelly, uh, not Molly. We can talk about Molly. Um, Noah Syndergaard, Madison Bumgarner, and Paul Blackburn. Those are like the most notable still left. So I would watch the watch the White Sox. Out. Watch the White Sox get Bumgarner for no reason. Watch <laughs> the White Sox get Blackburn. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean seriously, watch them. Watch them do something like stupid, like get Bumgarner when because they love what he was five years ago. They're famous for it, right? Get Griffey five years too late, you know. Marusa. Yeah, right. There you he, go. They got him twenty years too late. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'm, been- I'm shocked that Carlos Radon hasn't been traded yet. He's he's got that opt out, so he's been great this season. Um, he's going to opt out of his contract next year because he's going to sign a, a much more lucrative long-term deal after it would this seem year. That way, yes. So he's pitched 123 innings, 158 strikeouts. I mean, if you put him in 
the Astros or uh, the Cardinals. I mean, they immediately become a much more dangerous team. And yeah, you only get them for a few months, but those teams are playing for a few months. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? And and for the playoffs. So I, I don't know how much you could get back for a rental, but this, I mean, this is a Cy Young guy that you can, uh, I, if, if you're a contending team, uh, I think you got to go after Carlos Rodon. Now, of course, San Francisco, you know, they're 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 right around 500. So I don't know if they're buyers or sellers, but I looked up their lineup. Listen to their lineup. And I, I have no idea why they would keep Carlos Rodon for the year. But check this out. Tommy LaStella, Luis Gonzalez, Wilmer Flores, Brandon Belt, Mike Yasremski, Lamont Wade, Dixon Machado, Jose Vosler, and Joey Bart. Like, Household names. I don't see World Series uh, happening this year. Those are all great players, and they're a great coach, well-coached team. But yeah, man, trade trade Carlos Rodon for a for a you know top one hundred prospect and get him go get him next year. They have to be pretty disheartened with the moves that the Dodgers and the Padres have been making, right? I mean, oh, you, that's a great point. Yeah, you I know, you look at that, that and you you look at that and say, well, shit, what's our chance at this point, right? I mean, like maybe it's uh, maybe it's best to try to see what we can get here from that, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. And uh, yeah, yeah. so I, I, I didn't think about that. They're like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, the Padres just pulled off, like, literally the superstar deal of, um, you know, I, I guess my lifetime that I can think of. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Apparently the Phillies are, uh, the Phillies are, in, are talking to um, Carlos Rodon and also Nathan Navaldi. The Phillies apparently were going to be in on Cindergard because the Phillies acquired Brandon Marsh about half an hour ago, and oh, they were yeah. going and they were going to have Noah Cindergard in there, and then they backed out of that trade. So maybe it's because they knew something a little bit bigger was coming. Just to quickly recap here, the last half hour or so, David Robertson went to the Phillies. Uh, J.D. Davis and Darren Ruff were traded for one another. Hmm. Uh, the, Brand the Brandon Marsh trade to the Phillies. Uh, Luke Voigt was the piece that completed the. Uh, Juan Soto trade in place. <laughs> Dude, unbelievable. I only get five ad drops, you know, five ads a week in that league. And I was like, oh, man, Luke Voigt, doubleheader. Let's go. God damn it. Yeah, it's a shame. But do you guys think that Voigt's value now is kind of cooked for the year? I mean, it looked he, he was turning it around a little bit recently. Uh, the guys in the first hour were thinking that it's probably not going to be such a big change because he's, you know, the best hitter on that team now. He'll bat third or whatever. Do you think that he's a drop or would you be looking to add? What's, what's the general thought here, Britton? Uh, I'd hang on to him uh, and and see what happens. Uh, like you said, he has been he's starting to heat up lately, and I believe he was the the home run leader in 2020. Yep. So uh, yeah, I'd I'd hang on to him for a little while. It's let you know, just let the dust settle. You know, um, just see see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, he's 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 definitely got the the you know he's done it before with the the home run power. So yeah, I'd hang on for a minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Marty, uh, uh, Britton, I was going to say, he might be on your show here. Three is the magic number. I could see him batting third in that lineup, you know, mm -hmm. here moving forward. So, um, yeah, yeah really. he was batting seventh or eighth, you know, in that really powerful Padres lineup. Um, so to see him now, he'll he'll get more bats, more bats, you know, potentially more, um, you know, more stats. Don't you love guys like that, though, when they when you have a guy that, you know, has he's done it in the past. And, and if he's healthy, he's not a terrible team now. But that terrible team still has to have nine guys out there just like. Britain was just talking about the Giants lineup. They still got to put nine guys out there, and somebody in that lineup is going to produce something. So it, it might be not a bad idea to hold on to them, especially when you think about the dearth of depth options at the corner infield spots in our fantasy teams, right? I mean, he might be a guy that he, if he hits 12 or 15 home runs down the rest of the way, you know, you might have a real good bargain there on your hands. Yeah, and I just quickly brought up the uh, MLB park factors and um, where he's going to in Washington. It's ranked the fifth best for home runs, and he's coming out of the Padres, which was 15th best. So a little upgrade there. Yeah, it's a, it's a trade-off, right? He has no one really around him in that lineup to support him, but he'll have some more at-bats. Um, there might be something mentally there in the three or four hole versus the seven or eight hole where he takes on more power. Who knows what really goes on uh, inside the heads of everybody. We have kind of a – not a – I could say it's an ebb in the trades right now. We haven't had anything new in the last half an hour or so. Maybe I'll switch gears here to Jacob Degrom for a second. Mm. He's coming. He's oh, coming yeah. back. To, he's coming back tonight, and he is facing the 
much depleted Washington Nationals. The ghost of the Washington Nationals. The ghost. Man, it, insult to injury, right? Washington National fans. Like, yeah. so we trade away our superstar and our first baseman, and now Jacob Degrom's coming into town Man, on his on his walk of- here. Yeah, he's going to be fired up. It's what are we thinking? It's so uh, brutal to be a Washington National fan losing Trey Turner, Max Scherzer, now Soto. I mean, geez, that's, Harper. A, that's a rough couple of years. Washington Washington doesn't have a lineup posted yet for the for tonight. <laughs> they probably just got to see who's available. I was just looking on Roto Wire here, and they don't have a lineup posted yet. Where's their triple their triple A affiliate? How far is that from Washington? Because I'm sure they're going to need. Uh, are they are they Harrisburg? Is Harrisburg there? Pennsylvania. They called people up around 10 a.m. today. So oh, did they? Yeah, they were they, anticipating this was going to. Yeah, they knew. Yeah, down. that's when everyone thought Soto was getting moved. Yep. Jacob Degrom is probably about as safe of a bet tonight on any kind of bet you want to take on him <laughs> getting the victory over for strikeouts, whatever. Vic, uh, so Victor Robles is going to have to get like nine more clown noses for <laughs> for their at bats for Jacob Degrom uh, tonight. <laughs> that was funny. Ah, oh, we have a trade. Oh my God, the Padres get a little bit better. Brandon oh. Drury. Brandon Drury going to San Diego. Oh, wow. Another bat in that lineup. The return has not been announced yet. This is from uh, Ken Rosenthal and Jeff Passan. Wow. I love it. Look at them go. They're they're saying, hey, we're not – no half measures as uh, as, – what was that? uh, uh, Breaking Bad. Like, no, with full measures here on out. We're going to get Hayter. We're going to get Juan Soto. And we're going to win this year. And – uh, and hopefully the next two, because they have Soto for a couple years, I believe, after this. But uh, you know the yeah, wild thing. I think that's great. The wild thing about it is that they're fifty-eight and forty-six and twelve games back of LA, so they're still they're a wild card. That's a great uh, point. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're they're they are not wasting any time and pushing the chips to the table here. But I mean, what if they what if they lose in the wild card round? <laughs> that would be crazy, wouldn't it? Yeah, they're that'd be tough to swallow. Of, they're two games out of the wild card right now. One of those teams ahead of them is the Brewers. Do you think the Brewers are still going to be competitive here after moving on from Hader? Do you think they, they do you think they see it as a lateral move to Taylor Rogers slash Williams? Yeah, I think they'll be. I think what they do is they rely on the starting pitching. Freddie Peralta's coming back here shortly. Um, you know, the the hitting's never really been there. And it really hasn't seemed to screw them up too much. And they're continuing to play just above five hundred ball. So um I, the Brewers are going to stay with what I would love to see them get a bat. I think that could have been extremely helpful. They didn't move. So, um, but yeah, they're just going to re- keep relying on some of the best starting pitching in baseball. It was interesting to see some of the responses to that trade because, you know, it had, I had heard of that idea a couple of weeks ago in um, on fan tracks that Hater could be on the move. And I got some, DMs where people were questioning my sanity, which I understand. It's more, <laughs> you're more than welcome to question my sanity at any time. But uh, I, what I was pointing to was the fact that next year he's arbitration eligible and he's probably going to get a five or six million dollar kick up, 17, 18 million dollar range potentially for him next year. That's a real high price tag for the Brewers when they've got guys like Williams, Boxberger. They've got, they always kick out bullpen arms. They always have good guys, right? So I think they look at it as, hey, you know, Hader's really good right now, but another year of throwing how he throws, he might be damaged goods here not too long down the road. And so I don't know that he's going to be able to continue to keep up the pace that he's been keeping up. He's not 23 years old anymore. I think he's 29. So by no means is he old. I mean, I'm old enough to be his father, for Christ's sake. But <laughs> the point being that I think it's, um, a calculated risk on their part. And they got Rogers back who Rogers um, is a guy that you cannot overuse. You know, the Padres, he had 35 save opportunities already for San Diego. He converted 28 of those. And I know, so that's not a great percentage there, but he's a guy that with overuse does not fare well. And so I think if they figure out a way to use him, um, and, and pair him with Devin Williams, they could have a pretty good monster there. The other thing is, and this was something that people had not been paying much attention to, Hader had really soured on the multi-inning role. He did not want to do that. And he's more valuable in that role, I would argue, than he is as a closer. Um, and he did not want to, he made it very, very publicly known that he did not care for that role and didn't want to do it. So in a way, I felt like the Brewers' hands were kind of tied. And I thought that they got pretty good value back for him I, I do kind of like Taylor Rogers, admittedly, but um, uh, I, I think it's a I think it's a good move for them. I immediately tweeted out, or pretty immediately after the trade, saying Luis Garcia, if you picked him up in San Diego, hoping for saves, go ahead, drop him. 
of course, last night he he gets another save. So <laughs> haters well, I, not in town yet, but I, I spent ahead. up for him in Fab Marty in our league. I don't know if you saw that on Sunday, but I think I I bid like forty some dollars on him, and then the next day to get hater, I'm like, oh god, Christ! If only it was a whole league. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, Joel just posted that Victor Acosta was the the Padres prospect going back to the Reds for Drury. I'm not so big into prospects. Do you guys know anything about Victor Acosta? He's the top ten. He's a top ten guy for the Padres, so they've pretty much cleaned out the cupboard today. Yeah, the Padres have no system left. They better hope Juan Soto resigns, or else there's going to be going to be some uh, angry fans with pitch torches uh, in a couple of years. Let's see. Is there anything else? Jerus Familia has been designated for assignment. Not so much of a surprise there. Just a recap by Jeff Pass in the last 24-ish hours for the Padres. Hater, Soto, Josh Bell, Brandon Drury. My God. Do you think that they have a chance to to catch the Dodgers in the division? I know they're down 12, but let's say the Dodgers don't make a big move today and they just kind of stand pat. Well, Joey Gallo, I mean, if you want to call that a big move, up to you. But do you think that they have a chance of uh, of catching up to them? No, it's less about the Padres move. It's just 12 games. That's a lot of games. I think most teams have around 40 games left, 40-something, 40 45, maybe around there. So, um, no, I, I don't think so. But when we get a chance, I want to talk about Tyler Molly because that's yeah. that will be huge for the Twins. Let's talk about him. Well, you know, can I can I just add one thing that before Marty goes into that because I think Molly is a huge piece too, and it's depressing as a White Sox fan. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, one of the things that I think is really interesting is that um, when we talk when we're talking about all these things, you know, there's all those ancillary things that go along with some of these moves that that come with it. Um, and I I lost my train of thought. I was I had a point there that I was going to make about Marty. Go ahead. Sorry, I'll I'll come back to it. Well, I was just gonna say with Molly. I mean, yeah, as the Tigers fan, you know the AL Central. It's it's not our it's not our year this year, Mike. I think we just got to just uh, sit back and relax and, and enjoy what the the Twins and even the Guardians are doing to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. But I for Molly, that is huge. I have Molly in so many different leagues, um, and, and just looking, you know, quickly like and just going back to the ballpark factor. So it's been brutal watching him play in the Great American Small Park. That is number two in the league for the most home runs in year in year out. Now he's going to the target field a lot more friendly, 19th in home runs. Mm -hmm. So the K percentage has always been over 25%. His XERAs are about 3.44, so about a, almost a point higher or lower than his regular ERA. So moving, now he's going to be, and when we know this, the last month of the season is always dedicated to in-division play. So that's a lot of the Royals. That's a lot of the Tigers. That's a lot of the struggling White Sox. And so, um, yeah, it's. I think the arrow is pointing far up for him. So if you do it, if you have an opportunity to trade for him in your home leagues, I would say I would look to do so, you know, for to the less savvy player. I've had Tyler Molly all year in a couple of them. I couldn't be happier. Hoping that we can get something closer to what we got out of him last season for sure, where he had like I think a four win season if you're talking about war. He was really a valuable guy last season. And I think it kind um, of blew under the radar. He broke out last year. Yeah. It was a it was a Tyler Molly breakout season last year. So you know he's he's got the stuff. So it, just like Marty said, now he's in, you know he's he's in a division where he's really going to help. Yeah, I was I, I remember what I was going to say when you, as you guys were talking about the Dodgers. Uh, one of the things that I think is really interesting. I don't think that the Padres are going to catch him either, but I do think this is interesting too. The Dodgers don't necessarily have to do anything too splashy because in the coming weeks they're going to get Chris Taylor back. They're going to get Blake Trinan back. And maybe at some point they get Bueller back. Bueller, so, please. Right, right. Oh, yeah. So, so if they get those three guys back, that's the same as any, that's better than any trade acquisition that they're probably were going to get at this point. And and Gallo's interesting just from the standpoint of maybe somebody could fix him. You know. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. He was looking to get out of a big market, and uh, so he went from New York to Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, they're, so they're a lot more friendly in LA, and um, the. Uh, the reporters and the actual fans around the, the the team and stuff they're nowhere near as harsh you know it's more of, when you go to a dodgers game it's more of a party and i've been there a bunch to dodger stadium so um they'll be a lot a lot nicer to them but mentally i'm feeling for joey gallo i mean that's that's tough you know day in day out getting booed yeah he's talking about players from other teams were coming up to him saying hey man i'm sorry dude just keep your head up <laughs> i mean that's when you know it's bad that well, interview least, was sad, man. I that read that awful. too. Oh, yeah, and, and at least you know, going to LA, the Dodgers fans hate Cody Bellinger more than they hate Gallo. So <laughs> <laughs> he's got hey, somebody else to share it with. 
if you're Joey Gallo, though, this is the best news you ever could have gotten. You're like, so I'm leaving New York, going to Los Angeles, and I'm going to be on a Dodgers team. I mean, what else can you ask for if you're Joey Gallo? I mean, it's not like the Yankees did him wrong or anything. It just didn't work out. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, think, I think he could possibly have some value. I mean, if he gets regular playing time, probably more of a daily change league kind of guy, but maybe something will change in his headspace now that he's out of New York and he can be that kind of high OBP home run kind of guy. Let's see the, Do- the Dodgers-Yankees World Series, Game 7, you know, bottom of the ninth. Here comes Joey Gallo, ready to crank one to 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 take the Dodgers to the World Series. Oh, that that would be that would be so beautoful. That My would be God. some drama. Yeah, it's, 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 on that. romantic. Um, yep, for sure. World Series, MV, World Series MVP Joey Gallo. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Roster Resource has already slotted him in, slotted him in ninth batter in left field. So all of you, uh, James Outman. Um, believers, you know, unfortunately, he might have to be <laughs> taking a seat, which is an amazing way to start off his career. Home run, went three for four, got a single last night. But um, I'm happy for Gallo. I, I'm happy to see him move out of there, get away from those the toxic environment, and yeah, for him to have a, a renaissance in LA, be pretty cool. Small trade here to announce: uh, the Mariners are acquiring Kurt Casale from the Giants for Michael Streifler, I believe is Streifler. Huh. I think okay. he's a minor league guy, but. Not not a big trade there, but it's been kind of dry for a little while. So good to have something happen at least. See that there are some pulses out there. We're just an hour and twenty minutes short of the deadline. The biggest name still available would probably be Carlos Rodon. I think. Would you guys agree there, or who who would you say is the biggest name still out there? I'd say yeah. Well, I'd Rodon. say Rodon definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about, about uh, Otani? <laughs> they already said they're not going to do it. But that'd be um, great. I hope that happens. Well, I liked your question, Joe, of, you know, who would you rather have, you know, who would you rather trade for, uh, Soto or Otani? And I was definitely in the Otani uh, boat just because of, you know, and you talked about it last hour with, with the other guys. But, yeah, two-way player, you know. If, could you imagine him starting, uh, you know, starting for you as, as a pitcher, you know, game one and then the rest, you know, three, four games, and then he's hitting and then he comes back as a starter? I mean, that would just be absolutely incredible. And selfishly, I want to see the best players in the league in the playoffs. Call me crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it's it's kind of sad when you think about it. You got Otani, Trout on the same team. Uh, Anthony Rendon has been hurt, but if he was healthy, I mean, you got kind of some superstars there, but it just didn't work out, unfortunately. See, I, I differ a little bit on this because I I prefer Soto to Otani, and and, and my my logic might not be super sound, but I, I think it's he's five years younger. Um, you know, he's, he's, I think he's, I, I don't want to say he's a better hitter than Otani, but I think he's a better hitter than Otani. I'm comfortable with saying that. Yeah, um, and, and I, and I wonder sort of in my, you know, I, I'm not a, always a super optimistic type of guy when it comes to these types of things. And I worry, you know, with having had the arm trouble at one point, how much longer are they going to let him continue to do this? Right. I mean, Let's say that he does that another two or three years, and I mean, it's it's remarkable. It's completely remarkable what he's doing. I've never seen anything like it before. But if if you then take the pitching away two or three years from now, say, and you're comparing hitter to hitter, you're then comparing a thirty or thirty-one year old guy to a guy who's hitting his prime. And and from that that standpoint, I prefer Soto. Yeah, I prefer Soto. Yeah. This is what I would ask. You know, if you are one of the teams looking to get Otani, you are looking to win this year right now so yeah. mike let me ask you would you your let's say it's the white Sox. you tra- you trade in you get otani and you win the world series next year or this year do you give a damn if his arm hurts in two years no and i think that's what you know that's what you kind of got to ask yourself you know yeah especially if you need starting pitching and you need an impact bat not taking anyway anything away from uh soto and i think long term if you're in a dynasty league soto's a no-brainer you definitely want to have the 23 year old but for the rest of this year, I think Otani. Yeah, that's a great point. Got a question here. I'm assuming it's from Dan, uh, who is one of my seniors over here at Sports Ethos. I watched the truckload of Dodgers, almost zero Yankees. Is Gallo even an upgrade over what Jake Lamb has been doing in that role? Potentially. I think potentially, yeah. If some of the things, like I said earlier, if, if something gets cleared uh, mentally from leaving New York and he can just 
be in that, like Marty said, fun environment down there in the Chavez Ravine. And I think that there's a decent chance that he's has some kind of value. I know we're talking fantasy or real life here. It's a little bit different. I think he'll have more real life value to the Dodgers than he will in a fantasy perspective. But what, what do you guys think? I think uh, Jake, Ly- Jake Lamb's not bad. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Joe. I couldn't Britain, resist. Britain has won the day. Britain has won the day. Yeah, Jake, Jake Lamb was on the White Sox last year, you know, our, our latest um, reclamation project. You know, take somebody who was a prospect who struggled and then have him come to your team and watch him continue to struggle. Um, that's the White Sox way. That's how, that's how they do business. Well, I'm looking at Jake Lamb's stats. So 67 at bat so far this season, two home runs, four RBIs, slashing 239, 338, 433. So I think, I mean, if Joe if Gallo has a good week, you know, he can he can put up more better numbers than that. So I think the ceiling's obviously higher. But what the Dodgers pride themselves in is when they take somebody off the bench, it's going to be a solid contributor. You know, whether that's mm-hmm. the McKinsey's or, you know, whoever they grab off there, they seem to fit right in. Joey Gallo, as we know, it's all or nothing. So um, I think they wanted to add him just to try to put them over the top, but they're not going to rely on him. And I said this on Twitter. If he has a bad month, he just won't see the field. You know, they just won't play him in the playoffs. And I think, I think you know, all the Dodgers fans are going to be okay with that. That's a good question. Will he even make a postseason roster? I think it's, it's, a, it's a coin flip right now, honestly. It's a total coin flip. If he does yeah, well but- over these next six weeks, then, then he will, but – yeah, the Dodgers have nothing to lose, really. No, I mean, there's nothing not? to lose in this one, right? I mean, and you're also getting a, a guy that characteristically, obviously he's striking out at a, at a high clip, but he's always done that. He's always been over 35% K rate, but he's still walking a lot, and he's an OBP machine, and batting ninth in your lineup a couple of times a week in front of guys like Mookie Betts and Trey Turner and stuff like that, you know, he, he could be a valuable weapon if he can kind of get over – Oh, you know, the shell shock that he was facing in New York. Mm-hmm. I think he just needs some of that California kush. He'll be fine. There you go. <laughs> I forgot about Chris Taylor, honestly, down in Los Angeles. Is there, how deep is that lineup? If you could take one lineup today, would you take the Dodgers or the Padres? Padres. Ooh. Padres? Mike? Yeah, I, I, I got to go. I got to go Padres. I mean, Fernando Tatis Jr. And don't get me wrong, the Dodgers are great, but. Uh, Tatis, Soto, Machado, yeah, I, I, you, you, it's just it's all the sex, you know. <laughs> it, that's what it is. It, the, Dodgers, uh, the, the Dodgers are the solid, you, you know, got a good job, but you know the the Padres are the the new the new hotness right now. Yeah, they, that's that's the new thing. But you know, I also kind of like some of those, you know, Christy Brinkley type, you know, <laughs> El McPherson. I'll go with the Dodgers just to be contrarian because. I think that the Dodgers, in a, you know, they have that experience factor. You know, the, the the Padres are the sexy, shiny new toy, and they're and they're great. I mean, I'm not disparaging anybody that's on that team, but the the Dodgers have some pretty experienced guys that have been through some wars. Mookie, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Muncy. I know Muncy's not been great. some guys with a lot of experience there, and I think that that means something when you get down to the nitty gritty. You know. Um, the Padres have a bunch of really good hitters, but have any of those guys really produced in a pennant race? And maybe they have. And I'm just thinking anecdotally Juan, off the top Juan of my Soto. head. Champion. Yeah, That's Soto. Yep, yep. Yeah. That's about it, though, right? I mean, Machado's yeah. never even been to the playoffs, I don't think. Oh, well, Cos- Cosmer. With the Dodgers, with the Dodgers. <laughs> Hos- yeah, but Hos- Hosmer's playing first base for El the Red Paso. Sox right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I think, I don't know, honestly, because... I, I, it's it's like you said the shiny new toy factor. You're going. You want to say the Padres, but like Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Chris Taylor coming back now. Gallo, which for whatever it is, he's still a guy who has like 35 plus home run potential. And Scott's making a good point here in the chat as well. Gallo can be a. a I think he has a couple Gold Gloves actually, at least one. So he's a plus defender there as well. Uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know which side I would take. Pitching wise, would you go Dodgers right now? Let's with Walker Bueller out. Which which rotation would you rather take? I think I'd go Padres, but it's close. Britain, uh, I think I'd go Dodgers. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, I do. I, I'm a big fan of Julio Urias. Uh, of course, you got Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, I I stick with the Dodgers, and I I like the Padres, but you know, you Darvish. Uh, okay, uh, you, you know, and I, I think uh, Joe Musgrove obviously just signed an extension, and I really like him. 
And then Mike Clevenger, okay. I, I, I watched Clevenger pitch the other day, and I remember watching him uh, with the Cleveland uh, uh, Guardians. And, man, that herky-jerky stuff he does up there, I, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, it, it is all kinds of parts and things and all, all kinds of stuff super busy going on. So I'm a little worried about that. But, uh, yeah, I think I'd just better safe than sorry. I'll just take the Dodgers. One thing with the movements like that, I think Luis Garcia might have the most unique wind up there for Houston. The way he the, the rock the know, baby rocks yeah. back yes. and forth, yeah. But uh, uh, at, uh, so yeah, I think that's a great question. You know, like a like a really good question. Of which uh, starting rotation you'd rather have moving forward? And Mike touched on it earlier. I love the uh, the veteran leadership and the um, you know what the Dodgers have accomplished in the playoffs. You know, they've been there a bunch. So you have Kershaw. You know, um, and you have a bunch of, you know, good players in that sense. What is it? Kershaw, Gonsolin, Andrew Heaney, obviously a question mark. Tyler Anderson's been playing over his head all year, but he's still been great. Julio Urias, he's really good. But you look at the Padres, man. Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, Sean Manaya, then Clevenger. Ah, one through one through four, I'm going to have to go with the Padres, but it's super close. I think you could flip a coin on that one, too. I just think because Gonsolin is – like he's not going to keep this up, right? Like I don't think he can. Tyler Anderson, I, I, it's just these guys are not names that you go to and think what they're doing right now is set in stone what they're going to be giving you the rest of the season. Where I feel like you have a little bit more consistency there with the Padres. And you Darvish has been great despite not striking out as many batters. I still think that they're very deep. Now, maybe not as deep without uh, Mackenzie Gore anymore. Ah, oh, man. I still can't believe that trade. I still can't really believe it. Mike, what, Mike, what do you think? Would so, you rather have Dodgers or Padres? You know, I... I'm such a pain in the ass. <laughs> I mean, just in general, but today even more because I hear you guys talking and saying things, and I keep thinking like, are, are the, the Padres got all this powerful offense and 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 have kind of rebuilt their bullpen on the fly and got Hater? But like, if you're in a playoff, a three game series, who are the three guys that are starting for the Padres? Musgrove, Musgrove, um, Darvish, and Musgrove, Darvish, and Clevenger? Question mark. I thought Snell. Snell, maybe. You know what I'm saying though? Like, I mean, yeah. Snell is likely to blow up. I mean, at, at <laughs> any time, at any time, right? So I'm looking at that from an outside perspective and saying, "Wow, you know, you've got a soft, a 16 inch softball lineup, you know, to to play ball with." But in the playoffs, what do we know? You know, there's a lot of two to one, three to two games in the playoffs that come down to who got, who's got the best pitching at that time. That's not to say they can't get hot, but I'm looking at that. I'm thinking like what you were saying, Britain, before. I'm like, man. Get Carlos Rodon in there. That if that if he's your third starter, you're the favorite, in my opinion. But you know, Mike, it's not that easy to have that happen. You know, so Mike, who would be the three uh, Dodgers you'd roll out there? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I think it depends on where where Bueller's at when the playoffs start, right? But I mean, True. I forgot about that. I, sure. I, if 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 Bueller's healthy, it would be Bueller, Kershaw, and Urias for me. Yeah, um, for me. That's three good ones. Let's okay, say Bueller's not back. Who is the third guy for you? Is it Anderson or is it Gonsolin? I'm going to start Jack Carter, my son. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. He won't throw it hard, but he will throw strikes. I will tell you that. <laughs> Getting outs. That's yeah, what he does. Then, talking about uh, you know not throwing strikes, and that's the thing about Blake Snell that does worry me. He's got a 12.8 walk percentage at this point, which is in the fifth percentile in all of baseball. But he, he still gets. has an extra ERA of 3.49. So. Uh, He's that S factor, man. He he can roll out there, get just six great innings, or he could blow up. So yeah, the more the more we talk about it, the more I'm, I might be leaning Dodgers. Damn it, Mike, you are a pain in the ass. <laughs> I, I, see, it's it's the problem. The problem is, is that I have I have so much time alone to think, and then I get to talk to guys like you guys that are super knowledgeable about this stuff, and I just am like, yeah, but if you thought about this, and I'm like, nobody cares. Like my. My family, nobody's even here. They don't care. They, I, I talk about these things. They're like, we don't even know what you're talking about, dude. Like, it makes no sense to us, you know? But, I, yeah, it's just I, I always find that interesting, you know? I, things don't get won on paper, unfortunately, right? So it's like you you can look great on paper. It's a team that's playing hot at the right time, and, and, and who knows? I mean, we haven't even talked about Houston. Houston made some great moves in the last couple of days, Houston right? Has made some I mean, moves. they got Trey Mancini. They got Vasquez. Uh, they got Will Smith. I mean, like they really bolstered themselves up. Like I'm looking at that, and everybody wants to get on the Yankees' jock, and that's great. But they still got to be Houston, in my opinion. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What's they, uh, a tough time? They haven't beat. They can't beat Houston. You know, they've Houston rolls in there and just beats them every time. So yeah, that's, that's a big question mark. 
I love the Trey Mancini move. I love that trade. He's going to do wonders over there. I sit there and I look at that stuff and I'm like, did they even give anything up for these guys? I mean, they gave up Odorizzi for Smith. Who was, Odorizzi was no longer useful to them, even though he's been fine. They yeah. got a power lefty. They got a they got a massive catcher upgrade in terms of o- uh, offensively, in my mm-hmm. opinion. You know, Maldonado is great defensively, and the pitchers love him. But they really need somebody that you know that can be a little bit more consistent <laughs> with the bat. Uh, Dave, Astros just bought new garbage cans too. Bang bang. <laughs> what about good. is Wilson Contreras getting moved? What do we? I mean, I haven't seen anything yet. He can't stay in. You know, oh my god! He if he stays no, in Chicago with all the, with all the crap that he's been pulling in the last six weeks, I. <laughs> I, I I have no soft spot in my heart for Wilson Contreras. I, I, Wait, why? I, I I all I see him is hugging and crying. I didn't know he did something wrong. No, 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 no. He's no, a no, cub. No. That's all that he has to do. He's a cub. Now I'm not anti. <laughs> to be really clear about that, I am not anti-cub. What I'm anti is they won one World Series with that core that they had, and Contreras was part of that core, and they're they're like applauding him like he's uh, like Pujols leaving. I'm like, what are you people on drugs? What is the problem here? Like, he, he's a catcher. He's decent. He can hit. He can throw. He's I will, not, he's well, not a great I catcher. Agree with you. That is the one that that is their poo holes. I mean, in the sense of like, they only have one World Series in 100 and something years. Right. Like, this is all they got. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is that, that last part to the, say goodbye to you know. Yeah, I just I just felt like you know. I was surprised that they hung on to him as long as they did. Cause I thought when they were first doing all that stuff, I thought, Oh, you know, they're going to pick somebody to build around and it probably will be bias or something like that. And they didn't keep any of those guys, you know? Um, and now they're, they got a real uphill climb to go, but uh, it's fun. I Contreras and Hap on all weekend were crying and hugging and loving each other and everything was, you know, and they're, this could be the last game. Wouldn't it be hilarious if he, if he doesn't get traded, doesn't get traded. I think he goes to the Mets. I think a lot of the stuff is connecting him to the Mets, and I think the Mets make the most sense at the end of the day. Yeah, they need a catcher. Sure. They need a catcher. The Cubs need to just fully start over, and I think that that's kind of one of the last pieces really remaining from that 2016 team. Hap wasn't on that team in 2016, was he? Can't remember now. I don't no, think he so. was not. No, he wasn't there so. yet. Yeah. So what, I mean, what about what about San Diego's catching? I mean, they, why not? They could. Why don't they just add give oh, the God. number seven and eight <laughs> prospect? Get rid of all ten of your prospects today for some players that you can use to try to win this year. I think yeah, Alfaro's Alfaro's been pretty good. Business. Yeah, Alfaro has looked pretty good. That's true. And I think Nola's back from uh, injury. Austin oh Nola. yeah, I forgot about him. That's so right. Probably not too worried. Good Austin call. Nola, the guy hasn't played in. I don't even think he played much last year either, did he? I think he's been injured for a while, so easy to forget about him. Yeah. Uh, Matt Boyd traded to the Mariners. That's the most recent bit of news here. Pretty quiet hour overall. The first hour, I don't know if you guys were listening in, but there was like constant news coming in over the wire. A bit of a dead spot. I hope that people are on the phones preparing us for the last hour now. We are an hour and four minutes away from the deadline. I'm sure a couple of things will continue to trickle in even after 6 o'clock, but... Right now, there's still a couple of big names out there. I don't think we're seeing an Otani trade at this point, but Lopez, Rodon, Contreras, there's still some guys out there that we could see moved. We are approaching the top of the hour, like I just said, so I'm going to give these guys one more chance to let us know where you can find their work, their shows, their articles, all of that good stuff. Why don't we start with you, Mikey? Yeah, so um, uh, again, Mike Carter covering bullpens at Fantrax at, at the worst Twitter handle of, handle of all time at MDRC0508. <laughs> the story behind it was that I was just, just joined Twitter four or five years ago to follow my daughter who was doing it for a class and when she was in middle school uh, and that just kind of developed into its own thing. So Fantrax, uh, SP Streamer. Joe, I want to say real quickly before I turn it over to Marty and Britton, number one, thank you again for having me. Being on with Marty in Britain has been was great. Uh, I've been on with Marty a few times before Britain first time. I hope it's not the last. Uh, and Joe, I want to give you a shout out because you've been a new voice this year who has done an incredible amount of work and are incredibly bright and gifted at hosting these uh, these webcasts, um, podcasts, whatever the hell they call them. Um, and thank you for having me on because I think you're doing a great job and uh, keep up the good work, man. It's been really really fun to see you doing this stuff. I appreciate it, man. This was this was a lot of effort went into this, but it's been a lot of fun so far. We're not even half the way there. So hopefully we have a great uh, last couple of hours in store here. Marty, tell us where you can find all your stuff, man. Absolutely. And I echo everything that Mike said. Uh, Britton, Mike, it's always great to see you. Mike, I got to see – I actually got to see Mike in real life here in a, in a live draft for Glarp right outside of uh, Ridley Field. So that was really cool meeting you. 
But um, yeah, you can always find me at Twitter, Marty underscore Tallman. Uh, always find me at the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Uh, we have a great host, uh, a great uh, guest this week, so we're super excited for that. And then fan tracks every Sunday morning. Expect to see the two start pitchers, and you know me breaking those down every week. And uh, again, thank you, Joe. It was uh, great being on. Absolutely, I, my light just flickered here in the background. So if you guys see, uh, if I go in the dark here, you'll know it's why. It's a I ghost. Have the problem with the bulb here, but Marty, thank you so much for taking the time, man. I hope we were able to uh, get you out of the work day there, and I hope you don't have to go back to it now. I hope you can just relax for the rest of the night. Hey, man, I'm in sales. I'll be back on the second we get off. No uh, days off, Matt. Yuck. <laughs> Britton, why don't you tell us real quick where we can find your stuff, man? Hey, Joe, thanks again for letting me come on. I really enjoyed it. You're you're making it look easy. It isn't. Mm -hmm. It isn't, but you're making it look easy. So congrats to you for putting this on. It's so much fun. Uh, my name is Britton Allen. I have a podcast called Three is a Magic Number. It's on the Triple Play Fantasy uh, Network with uh, Ain't No Party Like a Marty Party and company <laughs> down there. Uh, Mike, it was great to meet you uh, via computer and talk with you. I hope I get to know you better as, as the, the days go on. But thank you again, Joe. I really appreciate it. And thank you, guys. Thank all of you guys. It was, it was really great. I'm going to now kick you all out, unfortunately, but thank you all for being here. 